This hour, the podcast is exclusively sponsored by my good friends at Advantage Gold. Advantage Gold is a five-star rated gold company with one-of-a-kind customer service. And when it comes to gold and precious metals, Advantage Gold is the only company I'll work with. Call Advantage Gold today and make sure you let them know that Mark Levin sent you. And now, let's begin. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The House Judiciary Committee sent a subpoena to Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis. A Friday court filing reveals Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis admits to having a relationship with a married lawyer who is currently working as a special prosecutor in Willis's racketeering case against former President Donald Trump and others. Yeah, that is Fox's Eben Brown with the juicy news of the day, which comes with the criminal prosecution of Donald Trump in Georgia. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. And yeah, we've had a double dose of big time information as it pertains to the criminal prosecutions. Half of the outstanding criminal prosecutions against the former and perhaps future president of the United States. And it's always kind of ironic. I was thinking about it getting ready for today's show, because the last time I talked with you just so happened to be right before the new year. Last time I was in guesting for Mark Levin and we were talking about the Trump trial timelines. And I was walking you through what they looked like and what the likelihood is that they would go off as planned. And the reality on the ground was not likely to go off as planned. And now, in one day, we have huge developments on both. Now, in addition to this, I've been doing an awful lot of work on the border crisis and illegal immigration this week. In fact, if you are a longtime listener to The Great One Show, and and you've heard me guest over the years, one of the breaking news stories that I brought the great one years ago, and this was early on in the Trump administration, how you had covert efforts to relocate illegal immigrants into the interior. I am in South Florida, and I ended up getting a tip that illegal immigrants were going to be dropped in Palm Beach and Broward County. And I was able to confirm the accuracy that this was getting ready to take place. And We worked with our resources. The great one assisted in this effort to make sure that the president of the United States was made aware. And he stopped it. There have been efforts to. Undermine our border security efforts to undermine our interiors security. Even while Donald Trump was president, all part of the battles that he was fighting And so I say that as some background about the level of interest, passion, and also research that I have into this particular topic. And so what I'm going to do is break down through the course of the show what we have learned this week, what it looks like in context. And I'm actually pretty quickly going to bring you the hard cost of illegal immigrants to you. The hard cost, something that you can think about as you're filing your taxes Something you could talk to your neighbors about as you're filing your taxes. The hard 
cost, in addition to the victimization that's a result of illegal immigration and all the other inconveniences that come along with it. But I will pick up here real quick with the Trump trial news. So you had the Fonnie Willis stuff that came out of Georgia. Increasingly, the evidence is there that she, as a prosecutor, compromised. That she ended up hiring somebody that she had a relationship with. She ends up paying him, even though he has no experience with RICO cases, none whatsoever with this type of of trial or case, ends up paying him far more than anybody else that is involved in it. And then she plays the race card and she is trying to assert that this trial needs to move forward. You know, she's she's not compromised it, whatever. But that that is the salacious piece. But here's the truth of the matter. So if we are talking Trump trial timelines, there was never a chance, not one. That case was ever really going to impact before Election Day. That was the last of the four scheduled criminal trials. Coming into today, here was the said timeline in these Trump trials. March 4th, that was the date of the federal January 6th case. And that's where the much bigger news today has come down. I'll revisit that here momentarily. March 24th, the New York State Alvin Bragg Stormy freaking Daniels hush money case. That now comes into focus. Come back around to that here in a moment. Then on the calendar has been for May 20th. The federal classified documents case. And then, yes, that September 6th. Date had been the scheduled Georgia Rico case. So, again, there was never a chance that the the trial in Georgia was going to have a conclusion. I went through how long it takes to get through RICO cases, everything else. Even if it started on September 6th, right before the election, it was never going to get to the finish line. So that is interesting. But in terms of what really matters in this election cycle, it's the least important. So let's talk about the big news of the day. And it has to do with the... January 6th, Jack Smith's January 6th case. This is the one they wanted right along. This was always the case they wanted to go first. This was always the case they wanted to get to a conclusion as quickly as possible and before Election Day. Because it's the one they feel they have the best chance of winning on. Why? Well, not necessarily because they have the goods on Donald Trump to do him in, but because they're going to try a case in Washington, D.C., With a judge that is anything but favorable to Donald Trump and with a jury pool that would come out of a group of people that only 5% of which voted for Donald Trump. It's almost impossible for the Trump team to be able to get a juror that might be objective in Washington, D.C. So that is the crown jewel. Of all four criminal cases, that's the one they wanted. And that's why it's such a big deal that this morning, that March 4th date, the federal January 6th case, was taken off of the calendar altogether. 
And this afternoon, we have learned that the trial will not be rescheduled right now. It will be on hold indefinitely, and it's going to be on hold indefinitely pending the immunity challenge that the Trump team has outstanding right now. And so you've got the legal machinations on the immunity challenge that have to be resolved. We don't know how long that could take before a D.C. federal court right now, the outcome of that of which could be appealed to the United States Supreme Court. So that's getting pushed back further and further. And at whatever point that is resolved, I mean, if Trump wins, it's all over anyway. If he loses the immunity challenge, which is probably likely. Then you still have to figure out, okay, well, when are we going to reschedule it? And then what about in the context of maybe other trials that are going on, like the New York State Stormy Daniels hush money case? And what's most interesting about that, if you take a look at all four of these criminal cases, the whole get Trump effort, the whole thing is a sham, right? The whole effort is obvious. It's always been to keep Donald Trump out of 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. It's all been the fear against him ever coming in there and finishing the job. But the weakest case of the four, if you take a look at the merits, by far the weakest of the four, is that March 24th, New York State, Stormy Daniels hush money case. Alvin Bragg's case is absurd. And that, as of right now, that is the leading case. That's the one that is scheduled to go first. Well, it's interesting for so many reasons. To say that today was a good day for Donald Trump would be an understatement. It's way early for him to be celebrating at this point because so much is going to happen before November. And Lord knows with the kitchen sink that's been thrown at him by deep state actors since prior to him having even taken office originally, you know they're not going to give in. But he couldn't have asked for a much better day on the legal front today, with especially that January 6th case being punted indefinitely. All right, so I want to talk about the cost of illegal immigrants to you. Dive into a lot of this illegal immigration material. If you take a look at some of the updated information that's coming over the past week, one of the most substantive resources that exists out there happens to come from Syracuse University. It is their immigration tracker. It's a credible source. It's been around for many years, and it's right there for anybody to be able to see. You can check what's going on in the country. You can check what's happening in each individual state. And what the updated immigration track revealed was that entering 2024, there were a total of nearly 3.3 million pending asylum cases in the United States. What's interesting, beyond the absurdity of 3.3 million pending asylum cases, is where a lot of these cases are scheduled to take place. One of the dynamics that's been involved in Biden's border crisis and with their deliberate effort to move illegal immigrants 
into the interior is that they've often done it without the knowledge of governors and even local officials. You have people that have been flown in and and busted in, in the middle of the night, right? It's been happening for years. What was revealed is that Florida, not New York, not California, not Texas, Florida now has the most pending asylum cases. Over 481,000 outstanding asylum cases in Florida. The next closest state, Texas, with over 458,000 in real time, followed by California at just over 348,000. Now, to give you an idea of what the Biden administration has done here, a typical backlog of cases in Florida is under 20,000. Okay? Under 20,000. Right now, over 481,000. You have a rate of pending asylum cases that's over 24 times higher than usual. And what do we know? Well, history tells us that almost every asylum seeker is full of crap, right? These are lying BS artists. These are not asylum seekers. Under asylum, you are escaping the political persecution of your country. Under asylum protocol, the next country you go to is where you end up seeking asylum. Which means that, in theory, off of our southern border, only Mexicans that were under persecution from the Mexican government could ever be legitimate asylum seekers. The only legitimate examples that exist when you have refugees from other countries that are flowing directly into the United States. Legitimate asylum seekers. That's why, historically, well over 90% of all asylum seekers, even the ones that show up for court and most don't, are deemed to be illegitimate. For those that have even made it to the courtroom, which is very few of them, only 13% of those cases have gone the way of the asylum seeker over the past decade. I'm going to put these pieces together, tell you exactly how much this is costing you as you file your taxes next. I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one. Mudd in. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional.
One additional revelation, though, coming out in the affidavit of that prosecutor, Nathan Wade. He did say that he had initially a professional relationship with the DA who hired him and who paid him $650,000, but then he had a personal relationship with her as well. So Nathan Wade, the prosecutor, saying he did have a personal relationship with Fonnie Willis. Ruh-roh. That can't be good, right? All right. So uh, some of the breaking news today, of course, Fonnie Willis and her situation falling apart. The prosecutor in Fulton County, Georgia, over that RICO case against Trump and others as that mess uh, continues to unravel. Other breaking news today involved this afternoon, the airstrikes. We finally have the Biden administration response to the killing of the three U.S. servicemen and, and women. And it is, we are being told, more details that are coming in now. Retaliatory strikes that started at 4 o'clock Eastern time and targeted 85 different targets in Iraq and Syria. Uh, so that it's interesting that you're talking about a pretty wide scope there in Iraq and Syria. That's all the information we have right now. And you might imagine that since we are getting specifics about the airstrikes that earlier we only heard were, were taking place, that you know perhaps for now what's going to happen has happened. We're told that they targeted headquarters and hard infrastructure. So we shall see what that looks like going forward as the Biden administration just uh, continue to allow our troops to be attacked and attacked and attacked until, well, we, we lost some. It's what happens when you have a weak commander in chief makes the entire world less safe every day that Joe Biden is president of the United States. He makes the world less safe, including for those who are serving on the front lines out there. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin and was talking about the hard cost of illegal immigrants to you among the news that we have had. That has rolled in this week, an awful lot of news coming out of the border, including some additional breaking news out of the southern border with January stats that are out today. That will end up being able to get to a little bit later in the show. As we take a look at what we can account for the at the Biden administration's direction, we now know that through these asylum seekers, the ones that have been processed, not talking about the gotaways. Not talking about the the never saw thems, not talking about the pre-existing illegal immigrants. And net of the extra rare deportations, we know that at a minimum, the Biden administration is responsible at your expense for bringing in a minimum of three million new illegal immigrants. We'll pick up there. Like to hear from you as well. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark Levin. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold. 
a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. If you're trying to reach Mark on the air, call him at 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Radio Show continues. The House Judiciary Committee sent a subpoena to Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis, who is now suspected of misusing public funds by hiring a romantic partner as a highly paid special prosecutor in her racketeering case against former President Donald Trump and others. Yeah, Fox's Steve Harrigan there and. Uh, Just uh, some of the developments that have come about in this very busy breaking news day as you have the Bonnie Willis news, her debacle, the Bolton County, Georgia prosecutor, as that situation is a mess. And that case very well may not end up taking place, but is also the last one scheduled of the four criminal trials pending against Donald Trump. The bigger news, the January 6th case off of the docket for now, off of the docket indefinitely and that is the biggest legal news with trump for the day also if the breaking news with the airstrikes finally the biden administration as the antithesis of peace through strength weakness which breeds violence against us and and others as we've seen and i'm bringing you the information about the border crisis the extent of it but also the hard cost to you. I am Brian Mudd. I'm the host of the Brian Mudd Show, hubbed out of my home station, WJNO in West Palm Beach. You can catch me socially at Brian Mudd Radio pretty much everywhere. And I also encourage you to check out my podcast, the Brian Mudd Show podcast, also wherever you get your podcasts. Now, in taking a look at the extent of the illegal immigration crisis, One of the things that I've been doing is breaking down very specifically what this all means to you. You hear numbers. And I think it's like anything else. It's kind of like government spending when it's out of control, right? You hear tens of billions or hundreds of billions here and there, and you know it's not good. You hear $34 trillion in debt, but at some point it's just numbers, right? Well, we're kind of in that same place. We've had so many illegal immigrants that have been allowed in. It has been so pernicious what the Biden administration has done. Bringing illegal immigrants to you at your expense. I want to break down a little bit more in detail exactly what this impact is on you. From the Center for Immigration Studies. 63% of households headed by a non-citizen use at least one welfare program. Okay, so this is all part of the cost of illegal immigration, right? So we are paying for them to be processed, then paying for them 
to be shipped wherever they want to go in the interior. Then when they get to where they're going, 63% of households headed by a non-citizen use at least one welfare program. Compared to native households, non-citizen households, more than twice as likely to end up on a government assistance program. Isn't that fun? And one of the big lies that's always been out there, well, the longer an illegal immigrant is around, they pay taxes and they don't really get benefits and, and you know, they're, they're an asset. Bull crap. Big lie. The longer an illegal immigrant is in the United States, you know what they learned to do? Scam us even more than they already had. The average head of household, non-citizen head of household, the use of at least one government welfare program for those that have been here for under 10 years is 50%. It's right at half that have figured out how to scam the system to get on welfare programs without getting deported. After 10 years, Guess what happens? That rate jumps all the way up to 70%. 70%. So illegal immigrant households, 10 years in, are almost exclusively a burden on our society. What kind of programs are the most commonly used? Financial welfare, housing, Medicaid, SNAP, WIC, school lunch programs. And according to the National Academy study, this is what is used by Congress. So as they're trying to figure out, okay, what is the financial impact of illegal immigration? Their studied information, the average net impact, every single time you see an illegal immigrant come across that border, every single time you see the Biden administration processing a future illegal immigrant and then shipping them on the interior, by the time they leave here, whether they're ever deported or if they die here, the net financial impact to you is $68,000. They cost us net, and that's net of taxes they pay, anything they contribute, $68,000. That's insanity. But of course, we know it isn't just about that, right? It's also about crime. Non-citizens are now over 7% of the estimated population. According to the Bureau of Justice Statistics, what percentage of federal arrest do you think non-citizens, because you got to be PC, right? This is, you know, federal government stuff here. What percentage of federal arrest do you think they account for? Got a number? Do, 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 do. Just over 7% of the estimated population. Non-citizens are now 64% of federal arrest. Yeah, no kidding. You see, non-citizens are greater than nine times more likely to commit a federal crime than the average American. Gee, I mean, it's almost like that might make sense, given that their first act in this country was breaking federal law. Shocking that they might continue to do it once they're here. Who knew? But wait, there's more. The top federal crimes prosecuted. Did you know? That illegal immigrants, I'm sorry, non-citizens, they now account for 28% of all federal fraud. 28% of all federal fraud. You want to eliminate over a quarter of all, all fraud? Get rid of illegal immigrants. Property crime. We love that, right? 
Rising property crimes all across the country. Who doesn't enjoy it? You know that illegal immigrants are now responsible for exactly a quarter, 25% of all property crimes in this country? I mean, why wouldn't we want more of them brought to us? You want to eliminate a quarter of all property crime in this country? Get rid of freaking illegal immigrants. All drug trafficking and human trafficking arrests, they account for 24% now. So just under a quarter of all drug trafficking arrests, just under a quarter of all human trafficking in this country. You want to get rid of that? You get rid of illegal immigrants. And what is Biden doing every single day? Bringing more of them to us. Bringing more of all that on us. And at our expense. So here's where we'll boil this thing down. FAIR also does great work in this area. The Federation for American Immigration Reform. What they've done is, in their annual study, and this is last year's information now, so remember, it's going to be worse in real time. They even take into account contributions to society by illegals. That means taxes that are paid to the extent that illegal immigrants pay taxes. The total last year, $151 billion. Just to put that in perspective, I know a lot about Florida because it's my home state. That we spent as a country $35 billion more than it took to operate the entire state of Florida. The third largest state in this country. We spent $35 billion more than that on illegal immigrants last year. Here's the hard cost to you. I mentioned this in the open. I want to get it to you. When you're filing your taxes, I want you to think about this number. Per federal taxpayer, the hard cost of all this nonsense, all these illegal immigrants to you, $1,156 last year. That's not per household. However many federal taxpayers you have in your home, $1,156 per Makes you feel warm and fuzzy, right? Feel good as you're filing your taxes to Uncle Sam. As our anti-American president of the United States is harming us in all those ways and making us pay for it. Ah, Good times. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Nancy in Pennsylvania. Nancy, welcome to the show. Hello, Brian. Uh, nice to meet you on the phone. Good to talk to you. Uh, yeah, so um, a lot on his hands, Biden, and his administration's policies and inaction uh, are responsible for the deaths of various Americans in the Middle East, including the two young black females and the one black male soldiers. Um, and I think it's disgusting that Biden and Austin showed up at the ceremony for the return of the murdered soldiers' bodies. I'm telling my family that if I'm ever murdered, they are not allowed to permit the murderer to come to my funeral and cry. Now, Nancy, uh, one of the, and I appreciate the call, um, I hear your frustration. I can't imagine what it's been like for these new Gold Star families now. On top of everything else, the president of the United States 
So he addresses the families. You know what he ended up repeating to them? The lie yet again that his son, Bo, died in Iraq. Now, in the grand scheme of being a horrible president and letting our troops and our interests in the Middle East get attacked over and over and over again by Iran-backed forces until they finally got to us. And his weakness having brought all this on in the first place, because let's make no mistake, there is no chance in Hades that Putin ever invades Ukraine if Donald Trump is president of the United States. There is no chance in Hades that Hamas would have had what it takes in terms of intestinal fortitude to go after Israel given what a priority Donald Trump made Israel during his administration. We would never be in any of this. None of this would have happened if Donald Trump were still president of the United States. So kind of to your broader point, that's one. But then you are in this situation, you're addressing these families, and then you lie about your son. Your son who died of cancer Stateside had nothing to do with his service. You lie and you tell these families yet again that he died overseas while serving the country. It, it, it takes a real special person to pull off all those things. But that's just what a piece our president of the United States is. All part of what we got to get through, too. Continue the conversation. I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mud. Love in. Folks, by the time you finish listening to this message, the U.S. government will print $8,300 in new money. That's every minute. That's 276 new dollars every single second. Money that won't go to defending our nation or improving our roads. It's wiping away the value of your dollar and your savings. I'm Mark Levin, and I have warned Americans about this crisis. That's why I'm recommending to all my listeners, diversify in precious metals while you still can. And the only gold company I strongly support is Advantage Gold, a five-star rated gold company. They can educate you with the real facts, including why gold may be the single best investment of this decade. Call them right now, folks. 800-900-8000. It's that simple. Tell them Mark Levin sent you, and they'll provide you with a 100% free Golden Shield Wealth Plan to show you exactly how to get started investing in gold right now. Don't wait until it's too late. That's 800-900-8000. Call them, and remember to tell them you heard it from me, Mark Levin. Performance may vary, of course. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. You should always consult your financial and tax professional. Fonnie Willis certainly did come out swinging. She's called the accusations that she had an improper relationship with the chief prosecutor that she hired, Nathan Wade. She called it a spectacle, salacious, and a circus. She said the judge should dismiss all those accusations and not even hold an evidentiary hearing that was set for February 15th. Yeah, and uh, just like she said in the church in Atlanta, you know, you can't expect a black woman to be perfect and save the world, you know, and 
So you see my skin color here. That's supposed to get me off the hook anytime I commit criminal activity. By the way, the interesting thing is I don't know what the odds makers have on this at this point. I'm sure somebody somewhere is setting the line. But I think there's a better chance at this point that there is a criminal conviction for Fonnie Willis in Atlanta than there is that she personally prosecutes successfully Donald Trump for criminal charges. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. And uh, on this topic, uh, somewhat related, I wanted to go to Joe in L.A. Joe, welcome to the show. Uh, Yeah, first of all, uh, good luck with that Fonnie Willis thing, because no matter what kind of distractions they come up with, it doesn't change the fact that Trump tried to rig the election in Georgia, trying to find some votes. But that's not why I call. First of all, are, are you a Trump supporter? I am 100% a hundred percent a Donald Trump supporter. Yes, I am. A, believe? I believe I actually believe in, in protecting the interests of this country and putting folks like you, Joe, uh, ahead of the interest of, say, I don't know, Vladimir Putin, uh, Xi Jinping, some of the uh, mullahs in Iran. I think it's better to put your interests ahead of of theirs, for example. So, yes, I am a Trump supporter. Okay, so do you believe that as Americans, we're supposed to abide by the laws and trust our justice system to adjudicate rights and wrongs? Trust our justice system. Now, that's an interesting one. Uh, Do I believe in the country as it is founded under the principle of law in the United States Constitution? One hundred percent. Should we have accountability under the law? One hundred percent. Do you trust the justice system to adjudicate rights and wrongs, though? Ultimately, as it sits, we have to trust in the justice system the way that it is laid out. Does that necessarily mean that it's infallible? Not necessarily. But do I ultimately trust where uh, the the legal premise of, of things sit? Yeah, I do. So, so, so you reserve the right to pick and choose verdicts that you believe are fair and not fair, right? Not, not at all. What I'm saying is, ultimately, I have trust in the United States Supreme Court to adjudicate these matters when matters get to them. A lot of courts have a lot of decisions that are overturned. You probably should be aware of that, Joe. So to say that a lower court ruling in any court ruling is necessarily the correct ruling. Well, there's a long history that suggests that's not the case. In fact, there are whole courts like the Ninth Circuit historically before it recently turned over that actually had most of their rulings overturned on, on appeal. So, I mean, no, I, I wouldn't say, for example, a court that has a history of having most of their rulings overturned uh, necessarily should be given the same credence as, say, the United States Supreme Court. OK, but but you do believe that cases that make it all the way through and that are adjudicated to finality, as far as our system is concerned, should stand. And, yes, and sir. Should be, and, and, and the public should have should by. OK, so so Donald Trump uh, has been civilly convicted in a civil case of oh hold on he's been civilly convicted of something that's great has he been criminally convicted of anything okay right but it, that doesn't oh, there's matter. no but has he been criminally convicted of anything joe okay okay he has also been convicted of defaming her okay now you boy you can boy okay so you had a civil jury ruling that there was a defamation case which is on appeal, by the way, Joe. Remember how I said things get overturned? Stand by on that one. Try harder, fail better. We'll continue the conversation. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. 
This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Street gangs are working to stop these cartels. They are contributing to the onslaught of human trafficking in this border state. During this bust in a high prostitution area, San Diego police and other law enforcement agencies work together to rescue eight teenagers ranging in age from 13 to 17 years old. The district attorney says most of the victims involved in sex trafficking in San Diego County are local, but about 20 percent of them are brought from across the southern border. That is Fox's Christina Coleman. One of the developments here is we are continuing to see as Texas is stepping up the efforts on its southern border, even more of the illegal immigration migration taking place now in Arizona and California. We'll hit on that here briefly uh, in a moment. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. First hour, I brought you the very specific cost of illegal immigration to you a hard dollar amount what it costs you to facilitate this illegal immigration the biden border crisis it's one thousand one hundred and fifty six dollars per federal taxpayer so as you're filing your taxes you think about that as you have a conversation with your neighbor talk to them about that As you're having conversations with your colleagues and they're complaining about taxes or they're complaining about whatever it is that they want to complain about, ask them how they feel about paying $1,156 just to facilitate the illegal immigration that Biden is making all of us pay for. But again, that's the hard cost. That's not the cost of crime. You hear Christina Coleman there talking about The human trafficking. We know that 24% of all drug and 24% of all human trafficking in this country is a result of illegal immigration. You want basically a quarter of all that to go away. All Joe Biden has to do is his damn job. All he has to do, he doesn't need a border bill All he needs to do is take his pen and put Trump's remain in Mexico policy in place. All he needs to do is take his pen and begin construction of the border wall again. All he needs to do is task his departments with doing their damn jobs, like deporting illegal immigrants. If we did that, We could get rid of more than a quarter of all federal fraud, more than a quarter of all property crimes. But he doesn't. Right now, as we're having this conversation, he is bringing more of it to you. 
One of the other numbers I brought you in the first hour, $68,000. Everybody who tells you, oh, illegal immigrants, they're really hardworking people who are good for the financial interests of this country are lying through their teeth. We have comprehensive research that shows the net cost of illegal immigrants, the lifetime cost of them. So whether they come across here and they get deported, which is extraordinarily rare under this administration, or they manage to get lost here and eventually die here per illegal immigrant, per quote unquote non-citizen. In the words of the federal government, the net effect is a taxpayer expense of $68,000, every single one of them. That's what it really means to you, aside from all the crime. But yeah, part of what I've been talking about as well is that what happens at the southern border does not stay at the southern border. And it's something that even the casual observers of news know as throngs of the illegal immigrants or undocumented migrants that are seeking asylum. As they make their way into the interior. And often end up in sanctuary cities. Some very visibly like what happens in New York City. What happens in Chicago and others. But that's where it starts getting interesting here. According to the Center for Immigration Studies, there are currently 11 sanctuary states. California, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Massachusetts, New Jersey, New Mexico, New York, Oregon, Utah, Vermont, and Washington. Okay, so those are your sanctuary states right now. And then you have dozens of sanctuary cities within those sanctuary states. And then occasionally you'll have a rogue city in a non-sanctuary state that pops up. But the state that has been receiving the most illegal immigrants, the state that the Biden administration has been sending the most illegal immigrants is not a sanctuary state. It's not a state where there's even a single sanctuary city. It's Florida. It's Florida. There are more illegal immigrants, future illegal immigrants in the asylum pipeline in Florida than anywhere else. Texas is number two. And that was a big eye opener for me this week, not just because my home state is Florida, but because of what's really going on here. The absolute lawlessness of the Biden administration. To where there is no consideration whatsoever for state and local governments. Where there's no consideration at all for the will of the people in these locations. You know, if you're in New York. I mean, it's a choice. And even if you're not a sub moron that's voted in the government that you voted in or that's been voted in. There have been enough people that chose that. So to the extent that you have screwed or your neighbors have screwed all of you. That's a choice. But when you have states that uphold the law, that reject the lawlessness, that don't play those games, and you have the president of the United States that engage in law, engages in lawless behavior to dump throngs of illegal immigrants onto you, it takes it to a whole other level. 
And so what we're seeing is a systematic approach here. I mean, think about how insane it is, just the premise that you can come across the southern border. You have no documentation on you. You say that you're from X. You say that, yeah, asylum. That's what I have to say, right? And then I get a ticket anywhere I want to go. And then you are given food, a goodie bag. And uh, yeah, where is it you want to go? And then you are sent either by air or by bus, wherever the heck you want to go. Think about how insane that is. How much does it even cost you, for example, to fly, let's just say from Houston, Texas, to where you want to go, to where you live? How much would that plane ticket be today? And how many of those plane tickets are we buying every day? This is what we, what, what is done. This is the, the lawlessness here. I mentioned that the updated information from Syracuse University, their immigration tracker, shows that we have a record-setting 3.3 million asylum seekers awaiting a court date right now. How does that compare to normal times? Again, at some level, it's all just been numbers about all these illegal immigrants, these record numbers of illegal immigrants, these record numbers of asylum seekers coming in. What is the equal? Almost 10 times what's normal. Less than a decade ago, there were only 344,000 total backlogged cases. You go back just a handful of years ago, it was only around 600,000. We're at 3.3 million. Effectively, illegal immigration via the asylum-seeking process is running at a rate that's about 10 times higher than before. That is what the Biden administration has done to this country and has been rapidly growing. And what does that look like from here? What would this country look like with another four years beyond this one of it? This is what we're up against. One of my takeaways, once I was putting all this information together and the kind of holy crap moment is, hold on, for anybody who's ever taken a look at Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis, his foray into border politics, whether it was the whole Martha's migrants stunt of a couple of years ago or how he has regularly sent Florida's National Guard to the southern border. On Tuesday, I made the observation. And I mentioned on the show into the governor's office. You know, it's pretty obvious here that. Florida has as much of a vested interest and arguably more in the southern border than Texas does at this point. Because by the time the dust has settled, more of those illegal immigrants are being brought to Florida than are remaining in Texas even. Sure enough, Governor DeSantis, what did he do? Yesterday he announced that he was sending the largest contingent, a full battalion a Florida National Guard troops to help secure the Texas border. A thousand all in. A hundred were immediately sent. The rest are being ramped up and will soon be deployed. Also for the first time deploying the Florida State Guard to the southern border. What we've started to see as Texas has been holding the line in some areas is that it's actually starting to work. One of the pieces of information we received today, the Texas border stats from January, They were down considerably. Why? 
because Texas has been clogging a lot of those areas that the Biden administration has been trying to get them out of that were wide open. Florida now assisting that effort should further help Texas. The problem. Yeah, now it's moving to Arizona and California. Pick up and continue the conversation. I'm Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mudd Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Bill text could arrive today. A test vote could come next Wednesday. But there is a mounting coalition of members on the left and the right who oppose the bill. In fact, liberals may be angrier than conservatives. The left opposes changes to parole and asylum. Some Republicans are hung up on what they contend is a provision to allow 5,000 people a day to illegally enter the country. However, a source close to the talk says that's not in the bill. Yeah, Fox is Chad Pergram. There's the border bill, the border bill, the horse crap border bill. How do we know it's horse crap? Why don't we know anything about it? Why isn't there any transparency here? We were told that Tonight was going to be the big unveil of this long negotiated border bill. Still hasn't been released as of this moment. I wonder why not. I was talking to Senator Rick Scott last week as he was explaining that there is zero transparency. He held a presser with several colleagues, including Senator Ted Cruz, who was remarkable, by the way, in in that presser, the way that he was laying things out. But he made clear that the negotiation process had been Schumer, representatives from the Biden administration, whoever it is, I guess, that runs the show for Joe day-to-day these days, and Mitch McConnell. Boy, how much confidence do you have in that one? So you have people saying, oh, the border bill, the border bill. Okay. So we know nothing about it, and we know that Biden administration officials, Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell, have negotiated it. I mean, why wouldn't we just want to to run with whatever it is that they come out with? Why wouldn't we just have enormous confidence in whatever is going to be produced? I'm, I'm sure it'll be great. But here's the biggest piece of bull with that whole thing. None of it's necessary. There is no need for a border bill. Or if they wanted to use a border bill, I don't know, they could actually use the one that the House already passed close to a year ago that all the Senate would need to do, all Chuck Schumer would do need to do is 
take it up, vote on it, and send it to Biden. Done. But I wonder why he's not. See, all Biden has to do to fix this crisis is undo what he's done. All Biden has to do to fix his border crisis is to put back the Trump executive actions, the ones that he struck away with his pen starting on his first day in office. But think about it. Day one priority for Joe Biden as president of the United States. Stop construction of the border wall, which actually costs us billions of dollars to do. Because you already had the contractors who are working on stuff to unwork on stuff, to stop what they were doing, to put an end to it, actually cost us extra billions of dollars. Day one executive action by Joe Biden as president of the United States. Rescind the stay in Mexico policy. Look what he's done to us. Raped, pillaged, and abused. I mean, some people literally, as a result of Biden's border crisis, every single day in this country, every single one of us taxpayers, financially, as a result of Biden's border crisis. Again, I want to boil this down. I want this to print. I want you to to be aware so you can use this information with those that are around you. What we know, there are always two sides to stories and one side of facts, is this. These illegal immigrants, almost every asylum seeker, almost everyone, in the end turns out to be an illegal immigrant. Very few ever show up for court cases. Only 13% of those who ever do show up for a court case are deemed to be legitimate, meaning that in the upper 90 percentile, those that are seeking asylum turn out to be nothing more than common illegal immigrants. We know that they are more than twice as likely as a legal citizen to end up on a welfare program. We know that illegal immigrants now account for a quarter of all property crimes in this country. We know that they account for just about a quarter of all trafficking arrests, drug and human. They account for over a quarter of all fraud. I mean, what isn't to love about all this, right? And again, bonus, due to the Biden administration's lawlessness and allowing for all this, the hard cost to you as you file your taxes, the hard cost to you and every single one of us that's a federal taxpayer is $1,156 for what he did last year. Just to facilitate all that crime, just to facilitate all of his lawlessness, you are paying $1,156. So share that information. I'm Brian Mudd, and for the great one, Mark Levin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company, knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. 
Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. Mark Levin, radio's hell-raising intellectual. Call now, 877-381-3811. We passed H.R. 2, that's our Secure the Border Act, months ago, nine months ago. It's been sitting on Chuck Schumer's desk collecting dust. If they really wanted to solve the problem, all he has to do is bring that up for a vote and send it to the president's desk, but he refuses to do that. Yeah, details. House Speaker Mike Johnson there talking about a border bill. So mentioned, there's no need for a border bill. All President Biden needs to do is put the Trump policy back in place, which he can do with a pen stroke. He can make it happen right now. He chooses not to. But if he goes, I have to have a bill, because he said, he said that this week, I have to have a bill. I got to do a bill. Okay. Well, if you think you have to have a bill, which you don't because you're just lying to people, expecting that the American public is stupid enough to buy it, because after all, there are enough people that were stupid enough to vote for you. To get you to where you are, even if, uh, you got to have a bill, you've got a bill. It's been sitting there. Chuck Schumer can take it up and pass it right now and you could sign it tomorrow. It's a choice. It's all a choice. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin as we've been talking about the Biden border crisis. And as so much of this has been crystallized with it, new information that's rolled in this week that put everything that's happened over the past year and for the entirety of the Biden administration into perspective. And I boiled all that down for you into very specific buckets. How much of each type of crime has been committed now because of illegal immigrants, right down to the hard cost of facilitating all of this to you and me. And what every single one of those border crossers, again, you take a look at that. Anybody who tells you anything differently is lying to you, starting with the jack wagon president of the United States. Every single time you see a person crossing that border, the net cost of them to this country is $68,000, period. And we tolerate this. We're $34 trillion in debt. I mean, it's insanity. If you're trying to destroy a country, you couldn't do a heck of a lot better. Now, uh, one of the questions that's come in, I've heard this from uh, several people actually now, and it's a great question. Source material, because I'm saying, hey, I want you to take the information I've shared, share it with others. It is a team effort around here. It always is. So if you go to the Brian Mudd Show blog, you just search me, you'll find it. Uh, there are uh, multiple sites to pick up my work. The Brian Mudd Show blog. And you'll see throughout the course of this week, the stories I've done on this topic. I always link all of my source material in my stories. So you have access to everything you need. You can share with as many people as you would like. All right. Let's go to Diane in New York. Diane, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Let me just say that what you are doing is absolutely brilliant, giving us the facts and boiling it down. What we are looking at, sadly, is the systematic destruction of a country. Okay, this is almost like the playbook that people talk about. But let's get back to uh, Biden. And the word is treason, the violation of his oath of office actually breaking our laws. Our security as a country is not only at risk, but everybody's safety. 
safety is at risk. He has sold us to our enemies. Now, I don't want to focus completely on Biden, but I do want to point this out for people to think about. This man has what is known as a criminal brain. All his life, he has lied, cheated, and stolen. A plagiarist, what does a plagiarist do? He is a thief and he lies. When he stole the documents, which he had no right to do when he was VP, why are some of those documents in Chinatown? Now, Bo died of a brain tumor, okay? And there's probably very well a, 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 a genetic connection. Hunter Biden and his addiction. So there is something seriously wrong with this man. Yeah, I... Uh... It's an interesting deduction you make. Your point generally is a good one. I don't know that we can talk about the the genetics, though. Brain cancer does tend to be a, a genetic thing. I've unfortunately had it in, in my family, lost multiple cousins as a result of brain cancer. So, I mean, there there's a point that way. But, you know, nevertheless, the broader point that you're establishing remains. And yes, if you go all the way back, there is a long history of Joe Biden being a plagiarist, as you mentioned. When people forget when he had to drop out of running for president the very first time he did back in the 80s because of that very thing, right down to the Biden crime family enterprise and the literal selling out of this country for what we are still working on uncovering. Which, by the way, I mean, as we talk about all the Trump legal stuff this year, you know, we don't necessarily discount what is going to happen with Hunter because he has criminal trials, too. And. You know, there uh, Joe Biden is is right in the middle, especially of that California tax case that's going to be brought. So that could also be a wild card in, in the grand scheme of, of what will be during the course of this year. I appreciate it. Let's go to Susan, also in New York, upstate New York. Susan, welcome to the show. Hi. Yeah, I had to uh, immigrate here illegally upstate. I lived in um, New York City from 1980 um, to 2020. So, um, you know, it, you can leave the the city, but the city still stays with you, and it's very disturbing. I didn't want to get thrown into a subway track. I, you know, they just didn't like think like that was um, a very good risk reward to stay there. Um, but be that as it may, what you were talking, and honestly, you're doing a you are filling big shoes with the great one, and you're doing an awesome job. Um, and, and just really, what? Well, how do we get to your podcast? Just really quickly, tell us that. The Brian Mud Show. Uh, wherever you get your podcast, uh, The Brian Mud Show. You can uh, you can find it, download it, and uh, same deal with the, with the blog, The Brian Mud Show. My home station is WJNO, and and I work for iHeart, uh, so you can always get it there there if you want to. But I mean, it's anywhere you want want to find it. Okay, because we definitely want to keep up with you. All right, now you were speaking about sanctuary cities and states. Now I'm getting this from you know Curtis Lewa. I'm a devotee of uh, WABC, um, and as I said, I have a very broad background in New York City. Uh, that that New York, the sanctuary city, there's no law, there's nothing written in stone or blood. This is just something that was fabricated, just like what um, you just played the clip of, um, you know, the speaker there saying that the laws are on the books. Well, there's nothing holding our feet to the fire 
that we have to continue this except that Adams, I don't know what is, I, I, I could say a lot of things, but probably wouldn't be allowed on the air, that he is just saying he, things he, he's, he's complicit. Yeah, he's complicit. Susan, I, I appreciate the call. I hear your frustration. Uh, it is it is visible uh, through your words, uh, the, the extent of your frustration, and it's and it's warranted. Yeah, I mean, look, this is the most frustrating thing running, right? What's happened here, the, the entire thing is a sham. The entire handling of asylum cases has been a sham. You know, this has been my frustration right along, and it preceded the Biden administration. It, it's been a problem right along. It's something that Trump realized. You, you take a look at asylum law. What does asylum law say? Asylum is escaping political persecution. Under asylum protocol, the moment you are out from under that country that is persecuting you, that is where your asylum case is heard. That is what international law pertaining to asylum states. So again, it is impossible by legal definition, for there ever to be an asylum seeker that comes across our southern border that is anybody other than a Mexican. It's not possible. Every other nationality you see is guaranteed to be an illegal immigrant. That's just the way to end, but it's tolerated, right? And that's the extent of lawlessness. And that, that was all part of Trump's frustration. When he was battling illegal immigration to the extent that he was, in the early going in his presidency, what he learned is our legal system was set up so backwards that they were being provided benefit of the doubt. So they can go ahead and, and claim asylum. This was one of the stories that I ended up breaking and uh, what was part of what I broke with, with Mark Levin. You know, I got in touch with him and I said, look, here's, here's what we got going on. We've got this group out of Chicago called Pueblo San Fronteras. They are fundraising all up and down the West Coast of the United States, predominantly in California. When they get enough money together, they are advertising on radio and in print in Central American countries, largely, that they're going to have these caravans. This was the origin of the, the caravans. And all they needed to do was show up at these locations. They would make sure that they had provisions provided. They would coach them on what to say when they would get to the southern border. That's how it all came to be originally. That was the origin of it. It started with a group, Pueblo San Fronteras, an open borders leftist front organization, a Marxist organization out of Chicago. And it caught on like wildfire from there to where these days, they're actually Biden administration officials that are doing the Pueblo San Fronteras thing. We have Biden administration officials that go down and, and are involved in the coaching of these illegal immigrants to tell them how to seek asylum. So what happens is they get a notice to appear once they're processed. Once they get that notice to appear, they go into the pipeline. The earliest, the absolute earliest you can get an asylum case heard right now is about four years. There are a lot of places where we're into the 2030s with asylum cases. That's how backlogged they are right now. So you almost never have anybody who shows up. They get into the interior they get on government programs and they never show up again. And they just live off of us and then often will commit crimes against us. All the information that I have brought you. 
But yeah, that was a big part of what frustrated Trump. And so that's where we ended up eventually with Remain in Mexico, because the moment that those people would get on the soil, they would say asylum and our legal system would provide the benefit of the doubt. And they could just go about their business until that court date that they would never show up to. So, yeah, that part of it, you want to talk about one thing that does need to be reformed. One thing that does require legislation, the asylum process is a joke in this country, an absolute joke. There's no reason there should be benefit of the doubt provided to somebody who has zero documentation in the first place. Let's go to Washippi, I believe is how I pronounce it. Washippi in Texas. Is that uh, is that your name, sir? Uh, it's Wasapi P. E. Parker. Oh, very good. OK, so yep. my family. My family's Comanche. Uh, my brother raises avocados in California. He's a third generation avocado grower. My family in Texas, Wichita Falls area, raises cattle. So you're not going to like what I'm going to say, but it's the truth for us. 50 years of my life, Americans are lazy. 50 years of my life, I've watched the borders open. They came here to pick flowers, to pick fruit, to pick vegetables, jobs that, oh, they said the poor migrants are just coming here to work and they'll go home. 50 years of my life, 90 years of my mother and father's life. Why is it now you think Biden's the problem? You're American, white people, red people, whoever. You're lazy. You created the problem. Because you didn't want to. So two things. So so two things. First and foremost, you are conflating the situation. It is true that you had and have had historically a lot of people that would come across the border from Mexico that would end up working in agricultural situations and then would often take the money back to Mexico. Some would even do it inside of a day based upon proximity. That is absolutely true, whether it was ever permitted or not. And some of it actually was. In some cases, you are talking about people that had legitimacy and being able to to do that. But many others that did not. What you are talking now, not people who are doing that. These asylum seekers are not coming here for agriculture. It is an absurd condition to conflate this. And the crime that has been committed and what you're seeing clear across the country is not at all the condition that you are speaking to. Yes, there's been an illegal immigration crisis in this country for a long time. No, it has nothing to do with the conditions under which you're speaking to. Not at all. This is an invasion. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin. Does social engineering from leftist corporations make you feel like we're living in the twilight zone? Well, you're not alone. Pure Talk, my wireless company knows the silent majority is fed up. And I urge all those Americans to stand with a company that champions your values. Those of you who always have your neighbors back, who pulled yourselves up by your bootstraps, who realize that a little bit of elbow grease can fix just about anything. Well, it's time to join your fellow patriots who fled their old wireless company for something better. Pure Talk. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network, for half the price of the other guys. And with unlimited plans starting at just $20 a month, the average family saves almost $1,000 a year. And it's a veteran-owned company. Pure Talk is a company you can feel proud to do business with. 
Just go to puretalk.com slash Levin to join your fellow Americans and make the switch. That's puretalk.com slash Levin and save an additional 50% off your first month with Pure Talk. The goal is to help Texas fortify this border, help them strengthen the barricades, help them add barriers, help them add the wire that they need to so that we can stop this invasion once and for all. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and the great news about him no longer being a presidential candidate is he's back to doing what he does best, which is being America's governor. He is back to being the great governor that he has always been in the state of Florida and right on point. Referenced it earlier this hour, the largest contingent yet, a full battalion of Florida National Guard and State Guard troops that are deploying, some that have already deployed to the southern border to assist Texas with the efforts. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. I referenced a bit ago a presser involving the border bill. The border bill that we still don't have any details about, we're being told it's going to be disclosed, whatever's been negotiated between Chuck Schumer, Biden administration officials and and Mitch McConnell. I'm sure it'll be great. But anyway, Rick Scott held a, a presser in discussing this and, and had a number of colleagues, in, including Ted Cruz, with him. And the theme here is that Democrats don't care. Rick Scott said this at the onset of, of this presser. He said, we have a lawless administration. The Biden administration is absolutely lawless. The Biden administration went to the United States Supreme Court to ensure that Texas could not keep their border secure. Our federal government said they do not want a secure border. They don't want Texas to be able to do their job to make sure their citizens stay safe. And on that note, Senator Ted Cruz offered up this in that presser. He said the Biden border crisis is a humanitarian disaster and Democrats don't care. Last year, 853 migrants died crossing into this country. Alejandro Mayorkas didn't even know how many died because he didn't care. When I took 19 senators down to the border, we saw a man floating in the Rio Grande who had drowned and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands upon thousands of children were brutalized and sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats don't care. Last year, thousands of women were sexually assaulted by human traffickers, and Democrats do not give a damn. Last year, more than 100,000 Americans died due to drug overdoses from Chinese fentanyl flooding across the southern border, and Democrats do not give a damn. Now, you may say that's harsh. They care. That Somewhere in their hearts, they care. Well, baloney, because if they cared, they would stop it. If you cared about the children being raped at the border, you would say no more. When Joe Biden came in, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. He inherited success and he deliberately broke it. And truer words have never been spoken. Democrats clearly don't care. President Biden could fix this today. President Trump will fix this in 353 days. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. 
It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting them from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You know, they're not releasing the papers. That's always a bad sign. Nobody can get a hold of the papers. So they're going to release it Friday night. The text is Friday Why weren't they releasing it earlier than that? Because it's no good. And it's no good for the Republicans. And frankly, any Republican that signs it should be ashamed of himself or herself. Yeah, Friday night, still no bill that's been produced and still no transparency with any of this. And gee, I wonder why. And gee, I wonder how good a border bill that is negotiated by Biden administration officials, Chuck Schumer, and Mitch McConnell, how good that would actually be. And gee, I wonder why Joe Biden wouldn't just use his pen to undo the damage that he's done. He could put Trump's policy in place and doesn't need a freaking bill to do that, but he chooses not to. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. That, of course, the voice of the former and perhaps future president of the United States with Maria Bartiromo, Fox Business. That's a preview of what's going to air on the, this Sunday, Sunday morning futures with Maria. Uh, so uh, you can tune into that. Like, I've been a little bit beside myself with the illegal immigration crisis, the extent of it worked throughout the course of this week to boil in all the information that we have received. Been a huge week of information as far as what happened over the past year. We have context now for all of the record illegal immigration that's been playing out. And the context is alarming as I brought it to you. There's another dynamic as well, and it's the economic piece. Received a really strong jobs report today, right? And you hear about all the good news economically, but then you go, you know what? It doesn't feel good. It doesn't really feel good. Yeah, you know why? Uh, that's because it's the government, stupid. So I want to talk about it being the government, stupid, and Biden's biggest failures. You know, the uh, raging Cajun, James Carville. You remember him? Every now and then you'll still see him like MSNBC or places. I mean, he used to be like this pragmatic guy. My dad has a saying that it's good to be open-minded, but not to the point where your brain falls out. I think there was a time when he was a pretty pragmatic guy. I think his brain is falling out at this point. If you catch him anymore, I mean, the ship has sailed. But nevertheless, of course, there's Carville that coined the phrase, it's the economy, stupid, while advising Bill Clinton's 92 presidential campaign. In fact, that phrase was so ingrained in the campaign's culture he hung a sign at the campaign headquarters saying it, the first thing you would see when you'd walk in there. So everybody would know it's the economy stupid. Now, a heck of a lot has changed in 32 years, but obviously the importance of the economy and presidential campaigns hasn't. And while President Biden's current approval rating, sitting at an average of 41%, is just about the lowest at this point in any presidency, take a look at first-term presidents, you have to 
Go back to Jimmy Carter, and you'll only see Jimmy Carter on this particular date in the polling age, which began in the 30s. It's the only company he keeps at 41% on this date, first term. But anyway, the economy, and, and specifically Bidenflation, which became synonymous with Bidenomics, it's a big part of the reason why. Biden's economic approval rating, well, that sits at just 38%. So as bad as his overall approval is, the economy weighs him down heavily. And it's weird that I, I don't even understand. If you take a look at so many different issues, Biden is in the 30s. I don't know how he gets to 41% even. Yeah, you know what? He really stinks on the economy. Yeah, you know what? He really stinks on the border and immigration policy. Yeah, you know what? He really stinks on foreign policy. But I, I approve of his performance. I don't know how that happens. I'm sure a psychiatrist somewhere could explain that. But nevertheless, there are smattering of people like that out there. But anyway, much to Biden's frustration, the economy has consistently been an anchor around his presidency and, and now his campaign, right? And the reason he's been so frustrated is, is because of all the economic growth. Save the short-lived technical recession in the first half of 2022, and it was a recession. Anytime you have two consecutive quarters of negative economic growth, that is a recession. That you had BS economists that try to say, well, it's actually not a recession this time. Okay, whatever. <laughs> it just, you think we're stupid. You know what it is? Less of an economy which means less in our pockets. We are doing worse recession. But nevertheless, since the first half of 2022, the economy has been growing. Jobs have been growing along with it. And while not great, U.S. economic growth for the entire year of 2022 pays 1.9%, but it actually picked up to a very solid 2.5% rate last year. Economy grew at 2.5% in 2023. To what we recently learned with the release of the fourth quarter GDP report. And better still, you take a look at the most recent economic growth, fourth quarter at 3.3%. So the economy growing even faster most recently. That blew away expectations. Today's jobs report, boy, it came in so much stronger than expected as well. You hear about how great the jobs report was. You hear about how much more money people are earning. So how is it that on the surface, the economy could be doing so well? But from the perspective that the average American could be viewed so poorly. Well, it's easy. It's easy. It's the answer that you live and have lived every single day. Due to Biden inflation, you must be making 18% more today than you were three years ago today just to break even. You always hear, the inflation rate is down to 2.9%. That means that it's almost 3% more than it was this time a year ago when we were at 40-year high inflation. That's compounding awful inflation, which, by the way, is still uh, well ahead of the Federal Reserve's target rate of 2%, but nevertheless. It's just that the Biden administration and their lemmings and news media that root for the guy think you're stupid. So you must be making 18% more today than you were three years ago just to break even in Biden's America. But guess what? Even with this incredible wage growth, go out there and read the headlines about how much more money we're all making. And you're going, uh, 
By the time I paid the bills, it's not working out that way. No, you're right. You see, even with today's information in hand, all that wage growth, you know how much more money the average person is making against three years ago today? 15%. 15%. So with the up-to-date information today, the average American is 3% worse off financially than the day that Joe Biden became president of the United States. Look for that in a freaking mainstream news headline. Jobs report is in. Average American 3% worse off than the day that Joe Biden became president of the United States. That's a fact. But despite all the economic growth you've heard about, that's the reality on the ground. And for that reason, well, it's completely explainable that President Biden has a historically poor approval rating, driven in large part by his low approval rating on the handling of the economy. I mean, after all, it is the economy, stupid. But what that really really boils down to, especially in a political context, it's our personal economy. But there's still an issue to be answered. If the average American continues to fall further behind in Biden's America, how is it that the economy can continue to grow and at even faster rates? This is where the riddle hits another level. Yes, debt accumulation has a lot to do with it. But an increase in consumer spending, which in typical economies accounts for well over 70% of economic growth, guess what? It was and is much lower than the overall economic growth. So what's been driving the economy? It's the government, stupid. See, government spending from federal, state, and local governments, it rose by 3.7%. And in the process, government spending is now accounting for the largest share of the U.S. economy sustained since the Great Depression and World War II, that whole era. Isn't that fancy? You see, consumer spending is no longer responsible for 70 to 75% of the U.S. economy. No, in Biden's America, we have now fallen to under two-thirds of the U.S. economy at 66% of it. What this means is two things. Given that government spending can only come from one place, and that's taxes, or additional debt spending that is paid for by future taxes. What has effectively happened here? It's not a sustainable level of economic growth brought about by the growing prosperity of Americans. It's a redistribution of wealth and economic freedom away from citizens. Away from Americans in the non-government sector and into the hands of government bureaucracies. And that's why the economy doesn't feel as good as the economic data suggests it should. The economy isn't growing because we are doing better. The economy is growing at our, at your literal expense. And the net effect of it is that since the advent of the Biden administration, not only are you 3% worse off than you were before, it's that you also now have 4% less freedom than, than you had before. That's how much of the U.S. economy has been taken away from Americans that work outside of the government and redistributed under the control of government bureaucracies. So yeah, it's the government, stupid. And just imagine what another four plus years of Bidenomics would do to you. I mean, like in Biden's America, the best question that Capital One could ask is, is what's left in your wallet? Especially after that credit card, it's already been maxed out. But speaking of, of Biden's failures, And I've been talking about the immigration crisis throughout the course of the show. Immigration is now the biggest issue and his biggest failure in the eyes of Americans. 
You know, Texas maneuvering to declare that official invasion that has occurred using their constitutional right to defend themselves against the Biden administration's open border policies. Florida's Governor Ron DeSantis supporting that with guard troops, the largest battalion that he sent yet. You saw that the immigration issue was a top issue in both Iowa and New Hampshire for the caucus and primary voters. Only 32% of Americans approve of Biden's handling of the immigration issue. Which, by the way, gives you a current baseline of how many people are just, I mean, beyond reason. If you're wondering how many people, like, you know, you you could beat your head against the wall and be more productive than than trying to reason with them. 32%. I mean, that they would go, yeah, you know what, give me some more of that Biden border policy. That's good stuff right there, 32%. But there are 64% of Americans literally double that number, who disapprove. So it's hard to imagine that President Biden could fail so bigly, you might say, on the two biggest issues in the minds of Americans and manage to win an election based on those issues in November. That is the silver lining here. The getting there. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. Normally around this time when it starts getting lighter out, that's when we usually see our first groups of migrants trying to cross the Rio Grande and enter the U.S. But ever since the state of Texas started putting up those barriers and all this razor wire along the river, things have really started to slow down, at least here in Eagle Pass, Texas. But it's a much different story in other areas when you look at states like Arizona and California. The latest CBP figures from last week show that more than 70 percent of apprehensions are now happening in Arizona and California. Yeah, there you go. The shifting. So you see that actually putting up some resistance in Texas and now with an assist from the state of Florida as well. Imagine that it's starting to work. So, yeah, now shifting to Arizona and California predominantly. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin and broken all this down for you. If you're just joining us, you can check out the Brian Mudd show blog. And you'll find all of my source material for all the information I've given you. If you are just joining us, I would strongly encourage you to check out the podcast once it's up after the show and check out hours one and two and get all the facts. As always, there are two sides of stories, one side of facts. And ordinarily, I would uh, wait until the next segment of the hour to take some calls. But I want to get to what just may be the greatest speech that's been ever delivered. And I need uh, that particular segment to be able to deliver it to you. So want to work in uh, some folks who've been patient on the lines here. We've got Alex in Topeka, Kansas. Alex, welcome to the show. How's it, how's it going, Mr. Mudd? First off, I appreciate the fact that you deliver facts and not feelings on a consistent basis that give the rest of us out here fighting the good fight, the right things that we need to shut people up when they run them out. But how apropos that your story tonight and what you're talking about and facts and figures, I'm not in Topeka, but I am in the state of Kansas. And tonight on the five o'clock news, the mayor for the capital city of Kansas, which is Topeka, came out and said, I'll give $15,000 to any migrants that come to Topeka and get a job. That is fascinating. 
I can only imagine how that will end up working out. Maybe those illegal immigrants that beat up the cops in New York City and we're hearing may have boarded a bus for California. Maybe they'll redirect. Maybe they'll go and, and find the, the mayor of Topeka. You can't, can't make it up. And this, Alex, and I appreciate the call, is endemic at the bigger condition, right? What is wrong with people? This is why Marxism has to be defeated. This is why this issue isn't something that can be tolerated to a certain degree. The left has to be defeated. Because it doesn't matter that it's costing you $1,156 in your taxes as you file this year to pay for Biden's border crisis and the illegal immigration. It doesn't matter that now over a quarter of all federal fraud is the result of illegal immigrants. It doesn't matter that a quarter of all property crime in the United States is now the result of illegal immigrants. It doesn't matter that nearly a quarter of all drug and human trafficking is a result of illegal immigrants. So basically, of many of the worst crimes in existence, we could eliminate a quarter of all of it in this country by simply eliminating illegal immigration. And here you are saying that the mayor of Topeka wants to incentivize, financially incentivize, illegals to come to his city. There is no reason there, right? They must be defeated. Let's go to Jeff in Minnesota. Jeff, welcome to the show. Thank you uh, for taking my call, and you're doing a great job. Appreciate uh, all you do. God Thank you. you. Okay, it's time to get down to business here because we need to take our country back. And you know the old saying, I'm as mad as hell, and we're not going to take it anymore. Well, I've got an idea for President Trump once he goes against whoever he's going to run against, uh, whether it be Biden or whoever else they throw in there. Yeah, Mark has been talking about this for quite some time. As far as a picture is worth a thousand words. So if I was handling the campaign as far as running TV. Yeah, Jeff, I'm going to need you to hold that thought. Brian Mudd in for the great one, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Certainly an assault on a police officer is bail eligible. There are over 100 crimes that are also can lead to deportation. And so that is also something I want to have a conversation with uh, the district attorney about his, his options here. Yeah, we want to talk about options. And you've got illegal immigrants that beat cops up in New York City. Alvin Bragg who incidentally is next up, he very well might be the first one to try a criminal case against Donald Trump. The way that things have broken today, that guy doesn't pursue proper charges and you have a judge that releases illegal immigrants that beat up cops on no bail. And shocker, we're told they're now en route to California. I... I, if you're in New York, God bless you. I mean, wow. Uh, we'll go back to Jeff real quick in, in Minnesota. Uh, Jeff was was going to uh, to make his point about logic and reason. Welcome back, Jeff. Yes, sir, oh, do uh, we? If, when President Trump goes, goes against to whoever he is going to be uh, running against, 
what I would do if I was running the campaign on the TV ads, and Mark has talked about this, as I mentioned, uh, quite uh, a few times, is show us what late-term abortion is, because the Dems are going to be running on that. Let's see it. I want to see it on video. Yeah, you know, Jeff, you you bring up such a good point there on that particular issue. Uh, It's actually interesting you mentioned that. I, as per usual, had about probably seven hours of content I wanted to get to on this show. And one of the one of the issues I'm not going to get to is how creepy the Restore Row campaign is that Biden's running, uh, where you have young girls that are holding signs cheering on abortion. I mean, it's actually repulsive. But yes, you bring up a very good point. I'll just a real quick anecdote on that. Because I'm factually oriented um, on that particular issue, talk about something that that changed my life. I wanted to know exactly what you're talking about. I was a teenager and you have the topic of abortion that comes up. I wanted to know what actually happened at each stage of an abortion what exactly is an abortion what does that look like and so came by video i did not make it past a second trimester abortion i was physically sick to my stomach involuntarily started crying and was sick to my stomach i'm not going to get graphic don't need to by the way if anybody has not seen unplanned movie from several years back Everybody should. But yeah, once you know, you cannot know. That's a, it's a good point. I appreciate it. All right. When the World Economic Forum in Davos was happening, I came by something that I thought was as impressive as, as any speech I've ever heard delivered. What may be the greatest speech of all time. And I, Ironically enough, at the time, I, I played it for my wife, Ashley, and I said, if I happen to guest for Mark Levin anytime soon, I'm going to run with this speech because people need to hear it. And otherwise, you know, you, you have like the creepiest setting in the world. The World Economic Forum in Davos, you know, it's like conspiracy theories are usually just that. Most conspiracy theories do not turn out to be reality, but The World Economic Forum in Davos is like where if the Illuminati exists, that's where stuff happens. It's where they really do concoct things that are not conspiracy theories, but are actually facts like the Great Reset. It's where they literally create and perpetuate the Great Reset. It's all the more remarkable what happened with the star of the show at this year's World Economic Forum. And I'm sure that a lot of folks in this audience did come by it. And even if you did, it's worth hearing the speech in context. Maybe the greatest speech that was ever delivered was by Argentina's newly elected president, Javier Mille. He delivered an incredible speech right in the belly of the beast. Quoting him, He said, today I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is in danger because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom 
for different versions of what we call collectivism. Some have been motivated by well-meaning individuals who are willing to help others. And others have been motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one is in a better place than us Argentines to testify to these two points. 35 years after we adopted the model of freedom, back in 1860, we became a leading world power. And when we embraced collectivism over the course of the last 100 years, we saw how our citizens started to become systematically impoverished, and we dropped to spot number 140 globally. But before having the discussion, it would first be important for us to take a look at the data that demonstrate why free enterprise capitalism is not just the only possible system to end world poverty, but also that it's the only morally desirable system to achieve this. If you look at a graph of the evolution of economic growth throughout the history of humanity, you would see a hockey stick graph, an exponential function that remained constant for 90% of the time, which was exponentially triggered starting in the 19th century. Now, it's not just that capitalism brought about an explosion in wealth from the moment it was adopted as an economic system. But also, if you look at the data, what you will see is that growth continues to accelerate throughout the whole period. We should remember that by the year 1800, about 95 percent of the world's population lived in extreme poverty. And that figure dropped to 5 percent by the year 2020 prior to the pandemic. The conclusion is obvious. Far from being the cause of our problems, free trade capitalism as an economic system is the only instrument we have to end hunger, poverty and extreme poverty across the planet. The empirical evidence is unquestionable. Therefore, since there is no doubt that free enterprise capitalism is superior in productive terms, the left wing doxa has attacked capitalism, alleging matters of morality, saying what the detractors claim that it's unjust. They say that capitalism is evil because it's individualistic and that collectivism is good because it's altruistic, of course, with the money of others. So they therefore advocate for social justice. The problem is that social justice is not just and it doesn't contribute to general well-being. Quite on the contrary, it is an intrinsically unfair idea because it's violent. It's unjust because the state is financed through taxes and taxes are collective collected coercively. Or can any one of us say that we voluntarily pay taxes. This means that the state is financed through coercion and that the higher the tax burden, the higher the coercion and the lower the freedom. So how come academia, international organizations, economic theorists and politicians demonize an economic system that has not only lifted 90% of the world's population out of extreme poverty, but has continued to do this faster and faster? Thanks to free trade capitalism, the world is now living its best moment. Never in all of mankind or human's history has there been a time of more prosperity than today. This is true for all. The world of today has more freedom, is rich, more peaceful and prosperous. This is particularly true for countries that have more economic freedom and respect the property rights of individuals. Now, if free enterprise capitalism and economic freedom have proven to be extraordinary instruments to end poverty in the world, and we are now at the best time in the history of humanity, it is worth asking why I say that the West is in danger. And I say this precisely because in countries that should defend the values of the free market, 
private property, and the other instruments of libertarianism, sectors of the political and economic establishment are undermining the foundations of libertarianism, opening up the doors to socialism and potentially condemning us to poverty, misery, and stagnation. Therefore, in conclusion, I would like to leave a message for all business people here and for those who are not here in person but are following from around the world. Do not be intimidated by the political caste or by parasites who live off the state. Do not surrender to a political class that only wants to stay in power and retain its privileges. You are social benefactors. You are heroes. You are the creators of the most extraordinary period of prosperity we've ever seen. Let no one tell you that your ambition is immoral. If you make money, it's because you offer a better product at a better price, thereby contributing to general well-being. Do not surrender to the advance of the state. The state is not the solution. The state is the problem itself. You are the true protagonist of this story. And rest assured that as from today, Argentina is your starch, staunch, and unconditional ally. Thank you very much, and long live freedom. That just might be the greatest speech that has ever been delivered. And without a doubt, it's the most important message that has ever been delivered in the history of the World Economic Forum. I've provided a lot of material on the show throughout the course of the first two and a half hours that is, in my opinion, worth sharing. I always try to make it worth your while when I have the opportunity to guess remark. It is always an honor, really is. And I never take any of it for granted. And being the data wonk and analyst that I am, I tend to have a lot of facts and things that throw your way. Aside from everything I've given you on illegal immigration and everything else, Javier Mille's message, I think, is the single most important message. Because if you take a look at it piece by piece, it addresses all of these issues. We wouldn't be engaged in this illegal immigration crisis. We wouldn't be playing the games that we are, are playing. So, yeah. You can share that one, too. And you can look it up. Javier Mille, the World Economic Forum, that, that speech. And the one thing when he delivers it, it's an amazing speech, but it is translated. So, you know, there, there's that piece to it as well. I'm Brian Mudd, in for the great one. Mud Lovin'. What this weather did not provide is a shadow or reason to hide. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. An early spring is on the way. <laughs> it's on the way. On the way. Yeah, you know the Poxitani, uh, Phil. And, uh, you know, th- those folks, they, they really are prolific. It's, that's quite a, quite a thing they do on, on Groundhog Day there. You know, uh, old Phil, I mean, I'm glad he's so cute. His track record really stinks. I know that his track record is, is only 40% success. So he's celebrating, hey, spring's going to be coming early. Well, I mean, actually, Phil's been like a con- contrary uh, 
indicator. And, and actually, I'm not going to get into like all the mathematics of it. But when you have a 50-50 proposition and you have a long-term track record, it is statistically really hard to get to to 60-40 wrong. I mean, you've almost defied the odds uh, extensively to be able to get to that play. So just saying. But at least Phil is is cute. Brian Mudd in for Mark Levin. And uh, I, I wanted to to leave you with a with a guilty pleasure. It's something that I have been endlessly impressed with over the course of this week. My saying has always been two sides to stories and one side to facts. And I've always had a, a very healthy respect for Ben Shapiro. And so with facts. Which became the latest hit. Well, I, I don't care if I offended you. That would be true during the course of the show today. But in general, about the best thing that's happened over the past week has been the release of indie rapper Tom McDonald's latest release called Facts, which features Ben Shapiro. Now, first and foremost, Ben Shapiro, if you haven't caught this, you must. Ben Shapiro actually raps in this. And the crazier thing still, he's actually good at it. (laughs) Now, as that person talking about the two sides to stories and one side of facts, it is irresistible to share the message of Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro's song called Facts. Now, here goes. These are the lyrics. I'm not going to rap this for you. I am no Ben Shapiro. But these are the lyrics, starting with Tom McDonald's part. They call me offensive, controversial. There's only two genders, boys and girls. They can't cancel my message because I'm the biggest independent rapper in the whole freaking world. Claim that I'm racist? Yeah, all right. I'm not ashamed because I'm white. If every Caucasian's a bigot, I guess every Muslim's a terrorist. Every liberal is right. I don't want to talk to folks who don't get it. Go woke, go broke, no hope. It's pathetic. Pro-choice, pro-nouns, pro-love, you're progressives, but you ain't pro-gun, no one to protect it. Where are the American flags at? Remember when people would hang those? They've been taken down. They've all been replaced with BLM flags or a rainbow. This ain't rap. This ain't money, cars, and clothes. We ain't selling drugs. We ain't gonna overdose. We ain't pushing guns. Ain't promoting stripper poles. We won't turn your sons into thugs or your daughters into hoes. I don't care if I offend you. I was put here to upset you. You can cry and you can scream. You can riot in the streets. You defunded the police. Now there's no one to protect you. I hope I offend you. I ask myself, what would Ben do? Let's just keep it real. Facts don't care how you feel, man. If you want my pronouns, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man who don't respect you. That's Tom McDonald's part. And now for the most unlikely rapper since Weird Al Yankovic. In her Ben Shapiro's lines, look at the stats. I've got the facts. My money like Lizzo. My pockets are fat. Homie, I'm epic. Don't be a wap. Dog, it's a yarmulke. Homie, no cap. Look at the graphs. Look at my charts. You're blowing money on strippers and cars, and you're going to prison. I'm on television. Dogs, no one knows who you are. Keep on hating me on the internet. My comment section, all woke Karens. And I make racks of compound interest. Y'all live with your parents. Nikki, take some notes. I just did this for fun. All my people download this. 
Let's get a billboard number one. Now, billboard has ignored this success of facts entirely this week. But as always, two sides to stories, one side of facts. And the fact of the matter is that Tom McDonald and Ben Shapiro knocked Nicki Minaj, who is the Nicki that Ben was referring to, off the top of the charts. The number one song on Apple Music on iTunes is facts. It has been all week. And here's the next shocker. Nicki Minaj seemingly supports it. She posted on next. I listened to Ben Shapiro. Not bad. Congrats on number one. That's impressive work, gentlemen. Good times. Go check it out. Have a great weekend. Mark will be back next week. Brian Mudd in for the great one. Mark will then. Mark will then.